Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles. Got my co-host alongside me, Elliot Graybeard from Freelance Duck Hunting. How you doing tonight, Elliot? I'm doing pretty good. I don't, man, I don't know the last time you and I sat down and just <laughs> recorded a podcast together. How long's it been? Like three weeks? It's been a long time, especially since, um, you know, we've been doing this for years now where we get together once a week and um, we've had a lot of travel and a lot of you know, the collab and everything else kind of, um, you know, making this probably one of our longest stretches without a podcast. Um, as far as when we record it, we've definitely been keeping on track as far as getting them posted here, um, on the, on the, the old podcast. But, um, yeah, it's been a while since we just sat down, just us. Can you believe it's like deep into late season now? I, I mean, gosh, <clears throat> I was unbelievable. I was just thinking about that today. I was walking around at work, and I was just thinking, like, I mean, and I think it's just, like, how busy we stay with with the content creation, with the hunting, the scouting, like everything that goes into it. Like, it feels like it feels like yesterday. Like, I'm, I don't even – I'm not even lying. It feels like it was last week that I was heading up to Michigan for some of these, these openers. And here we are <laughs> in the middle of December. Everything's freezing up. It's just crazy. Thank God everything's freezing up, man. It took this a while. has been a weird, a weird, weird year. It, it just every year is different. Every year takes its own little direction, and it's just been a strange and productive but frustrating year. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, yeah, yeah. No, it's not. It's not been productive for me uh, as much. But there's been people in my area that have been productive. So. Um, I can't just blame it on my area. I know there's probably there's there's more of the puzzle than that for sure. Yeah. Well about four years ago, so the first two years I started filming on freelance duck hunting were two of the worst waterfowling years of my whole life. The year uh two thousand sixteen was the worst year of waterfowl hunting in my whole life. And I skunked on forty five percent of my hunts, almost fifty percent, which I went back and added up my stats on long ago spreadsheets and and I average about 12%, 10 to 12% on hunts where I go out and don't harvest anything. And that year was 45%. And it was kind of like, kind of like your year. I think you're having a better year this year than I had that year. Cause I, I ended up with like 40, 43 birds, mm-hmm. which I basically had during teal season almost this year. It seemed like maybe not that much, but it was close. And yeah. uh, it was like, we would we would scout a place and the birds would be there and the next day they wouldn't be. I mean, it was like all of these little things. We did more scouting than ever. It's like, like you predicted it. You're like, when we go to the collab in Kansas, it's going to get good in Indiana, and it did, <laughs> and it got bad in Kansas. So I mean, you've had just like stuff like that happen over and over and over again. For yeah, you. it's been weird though. It's like this year, like you're saying, like skunks and all this. Like I just haven't like I haven't had a ton of skunks. It's just been like. All these like mediocre, <laughs> I'm like scrapping together birds here or there, um, just super mediocre. I would say has been like the thing has been the the I guess the um, the theme of my season. Um, 
you know, I'm not just like getting skunk, but it's like, oh, we'll shoot a bird here, shoot a bird, a few birds here. Um, and <laughs> it took me all the way to the collab. Like we're talking in December to get my first limit of anything this year. That's crazy. <laughs> my first limit of ducks or geese, and they actually came two days apart. But like I hadn't shot a, a limit of teal. I didn't shoot a limit of wood ducks. I didn't shoot a limit of geese in early season. I didn't shoot a limit of mallards. And I got all the way to December, and finally, you know, like, but like I said, I've been shooting birds. It's just we couldn't yeah. string together, like, one of those. I mean, you always have hunts that you remember where they're just awesome. You know, birds cupping in like crazy everywhere. And, you know, I just wasn't, wasn't, uh, nothing like that was coming together this season. And Kansas was probably your most productive three or four day period of the season, wasn't it? Uh, y- yeah. Oh, yeah. Capacity, because I mean, you know, <laughs> four set. days in a row, you shot your limit on the first day. You shot, uh, you didn't tap a good day on your second day was no good. Skunk. I keep forgetting which, that was a skunk. Then your third day, you shot a limit of honkers. And the fourth day, you almost limited. No, the, right? fourth, the fourth day, um, I shot one. I went actually went twice. So I, I shot one in the morning. Then we went back in the evening. And, like, it was super weird. Um, the birds out there, they just weren't. I'm trying to remember what we talked about on the first podcast, but um, super weird. Like, it was like duck tornado, but it'd be like 10 minutes after shooting. Like, birds were all patterned up. So we went back in the evening just, (laughs) I don't know, we thought maybe it would change up that day, but it didn't. So um, fourth day, I shot one on two hunts. So, um, you know. And your fifth day, you shot quite a few. Yeah, fifth day was was solid again. It probably should have shot our limit. Yeah. So, I mean, you ended up, you had to end up with over 17, 50, over 15. Yeah. 17. So months, I can't, so. I can't complain. Cause I know I shot more birds than anybody else in the club. So I won't complain about yeah. my Kansas, but it definitely was like, it was like super hit or miss. It's like either we limit or don't see anything. <laughs> well, considering what the hunting was like at that time for you to, to shoot 17 was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm not complaining about it. So you did, you did really, really well. As a group, we certainly struggled, but it was a yeah, fun. Yeah, it was really fun. Well, before we get too deep into this podcast, let's go ahead and give a quick word to our partners. So first off, I'd like to give a big thanks out to Boss Shot Shells, American-made, high-quality shells. Um, you know the 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 best thing about bismuth shells is that you can you can shoot a smaller shot size and have the same oomph that you'll have um, with a bigger shot size. So you know with with ducks, um, my favorite go-to boss shot shell is two and three quarter inch number fives. Um, you get a dense pattern, and man, it's just it's just deadly on ducks. So they're copper coated. Um, it helps hold that pattern tight. So you're having more pellets in your your thirty inch circle when you're patterning it. Um, which just, you know, at the end of the day, that's going to be a more deadly, deadly shot, you know, deadly load when you're hitting birds with that much shot. So, um, definitely check those guys out. Boss shot shells, um, at bossshotshell.com. Well, one of my goals this year has been to do better on, um, days with no wind. And I need to check my hunt stats account and see what the actual numbers are for that. But I know, and they had better wind than normal, but um, there's been multiple days where that wind's going to be below five. And I'm like, well, basically our spread today is going to be motion duck decoys and then 
a half dozen to a dozen around there. I want every decoy in the water to be on ripples. And it, it just works. It is it is the most effective um, system for shooting birds on no-wind days because, you know, when you have that flat water where there's no no water ripple, and, I mean, ducks on the water, they don't just sit there. They move around. They splash. They chase each other. If you've ever had a chance to really watch them, they make a lot of commotion. And when you get those days where you're below, for me, the tipping point is below seven miles an hour. When you get six and below, that water is just like glass, and it just looks terrible. It just looks terrible. So, you know, go down to that small size. You can do four or seven duck spreader system. Looks completely like life motion, unlike a, a traditional jerk, jerk string where they're just in a row. You can actually make them look like a flock swimming around together. Uh, the product code is DuckGun2020, no spaces, for 10% off, free shipping, and a free anchor bag. Yep. And, guys, I just want to say this now. like, um, Perfect time right now. If you guys order some of these, you still got a chance to get them before Christmas, or maybe you get some Christmas cash from um, whoever, <laughs> your wife, your in-laws, whatever. Um, but perfect time, you know, check out check out these partners, Christmas deals, um, Christmas presents, whatever it would be, or a suggestion, you know, from someone to get for you for a Christmas, Christmas gift. Um, so, yeah, definitely check into that. Um, next partner I want to give a big thanks to is Gunner Kennels, American-made dog box, double-wall rotted molded, five-star crash test rated. And, uh, you know, um, collab, again, perfect, perfect instance. You know, having Chief in the Gunner Kennel, you know, feeling safe about it. We're, we're driving hundreds of miles out there, and I know that he's going to be safe in there. And, man, Chief's coming into his prime um, and, you know, definitely don't want anything happen to him. And I know there's never been a time in his life where uh, I would want anything to happen to him. But the better he gets at duck hunting, the more I feel partial. And I don't know if that's a I, – I feel I'm – like, I'm not expressing my emotions the way I want to about this but because it almost makes you sound, like, heartless. But, like, it is true. Like, you know. Um, well, think about what Chris Jobman was saying about the dogs earning his respect. Yeah. And getting to wear the special vest. The fact is, the better a fowler your dog is, the more you're going to love it. Yeah. It just is. Yep. The more, yeah. I, I just can't express this in words, right? But all that to say is I got Chief running the gunner kennel. I know he's safe, and, you know, that gives me peace of mind. So definitely check out those. Gunner kennel. Uh, use code DUCKGUN10 for 10% off. No spaces. DUCKGUN10 um, at checkout. And Georgie and Chief, I didn't even get, I didn't even stop to appreciate it. Um, we had this best goose hunt of my life. I, I, well, definitely the most productive goose hunt of my life. I'll talk a little more about it later. There's one other goose hunt, goose hunt of my life that's more special to my heart. But anyway, Georgie and Chief, man, it was cool to have them retrieving all those big honkers together side by side. And I really didn't, I was so busy doing everything I was doing, I didn't really stop to appreciate it. But that was really cool. They were just cleaning up birds right and left. And, and, um, you know, I'm getting way off, way off track, but it, it, it was awesome. It was awesome. Um, I'm talking to you about HTR innovations. I am on a roll right now of getting HTR innovation products and destroying them. So um, I'm going to have to go back to the well multiple times. I left a, uh, a marsh stand out in the marsh just when I was starting to absolutely love that piece of equipment. Anytime I'm sitting in water, I want an HTR gun stand beside me with the lanyard on it and putting guns there. And I just walked away and left it in the marsh. 
And my, my other top favorite HDR piece of equipment is the layout pad because it slips right inside my um, Old Town canoe or my H12 and just it just fits so perfectly in there and i got the new one and i did not think it was going to fly out of my truck i've actually i have had them fly out of my truck before um but i've always <laughs> retrieved them but this one the new one folds up it's really compact and i remember looking i'm like that's not going to fly out that's not going to fly out gone so i hope that i'm sure you guys take better care of your equipment than i do of mine because i'm really hard on mine but their products are fantastic um, duck gun space 10 for 10 percent off and free shipping they also have an a-frame and and a quack pack and and um it's just great go, go check out their lineup of of equipment awesome um also like to give a big thanks out to finisher um quickly and humanely dispatch your birds um you know as hunters you know it's our responsibility with our with our our birds that we harvest to um you know finish them off quickly and in a way that's you know painless to them um so finisher is a perfect tool for that they have plenty of different um, kind of cool different uh, colors and and styles on them, you know, from mallards to different divers to geese um, to, um, oh, what's that, Damascus steel. Uh, so they got some some cool options. You know, you hang it on your lanyard just right there when you need it. Um, and having them as a partner, honestly, the more, I've been using it just more and more and more and loving it. I think there is just – there is a little bit of a learning curve the first time you use them um, about how to how to insert them in the back of the head and and get them to use to use it properly but once you get it down man um you know i'll never go back to to wringing the bird's neck it just it just seems it just seems like a better better way of doing it and a better way of uh, taking care of business so definitely check out those guys finisher um their website is adrenal-line.com and use promo code uh, duckgun15 for 15 percent off at checkout I want to talk to you guys about OnX Hunt. Now, I had an OnX Hunt account a couple years ago, and I used it, and I liked it. But I'm not sure whether they upgraded a bunch of features or whether I just didn't use them before. Because I can tell you right now, the way I've been using OnX Hunt, I, I just can't ever imagine using it. It's so amazingly helpful. My dad and I walked in the dark on last Saturday. And he's 77, I'm 47, and... Um, we're walking through the woods and the woods are, we've never walked this path before. Um, now I, in this year, we've never walked the path, but in years past we have, but there's lots of vegetation and really thick cover and everything. And, and so I set the little tool to track my, where I was going. Um, and when you do that, it tracks your path. And so we got all the way in there and over and over and over again, I'm having to look, cause I did have a pin set to where we we're going to, I'm looking, where am I at in the dark? Where's the ridge? And when you have the new 3D tool, it's even more helpful. How, where, where do I need to go? Do I need to go left? Do I need to go right? Then on the way back out, we're like, the route we took in wasn't very good. We're going to try to take a different one. And so I'm constantly pulling up my OnX Hunt app and saying, okay, here's where the trail where we were before. Here's the ridge. Here's where we're going now. I, I, guys, I'm serious. 10 years ago, five years ago, when I was trying to navigate in the dark without any kind of satellite images and imaging like this, I'd have been lost. And coming out, it's just an amazing tool. So go and and check that out um, as soon as possible. Awesome. Not to mention the tracking feature would be perfect for that. Tracking your path, 
you know, in the daylight and then in the dark, being able to see if you're on your, on your trace where you've gone before. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I tracked us on the way out as well. I tracked in and out. So if we go back in there in the dark again, it'll be, yeah, just that much easier. Awesome. I also like to give a big thanks out to Bay, 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 Bandit, Avery and GHG. Um, guys, we've talked about this before, so we're probably vain, but, uh, Bandit is just some something when you wear their products, it looks super cool. Um, probably my new favorite one that I've been wearing a lot, especially you know getting on some of these field hunts, is the the Bandit um, camo coveralls. Um, and they have a couple different options, you know, on there on their website. But it's like, man, once you go to the coveralls, I don't think I'm ever going to go back to just standard hunting pants because coveralls just, I mean, it's hard. I think it's hard to make the style and look of coveralls look good but they just look cool and they really do um so you know definitely check out those they have a whole lineup of blind bags um hunting jackets hunting uh, just anything hunting apparel that you need different layering systems um all the way out to their dog stuff for the avery and ghg for their decoy so check out everything they got you can check it out on banded.com and I, I love it when, um, like, on Fellowship of the Duck Guns, which is our Facebook page, which has got, I don't know, lots of people over there, constant comments. I love it when you guys post pictures and I see you wearing a banded this or banded that. It's just you guys are starting to get in on the banded addiction. And it really, really helps us. It does help us out when you guys support the sponsors. You know, it keeps us rolling. But I love seeing that. Awesome. All right. Well, I think that's perfect time to go ahead and jump back into um, podcast. So um, where do you want to take it from here, Elliot? <laughs> well, man, we've got so much. We haven't done any hunt, hunt updates for a while, and and we haven't talked about, you know, specifically the different hunts on the collab. So I don't know. I, I can't even remember the last time we even did a hunt update. You know, you know something, uh, about- something I want to mention real quick before we jump into it is man um we've got a ton of feedback and i haven't even shared all with you but we've got a ton of feedback from um the the sub gauge conversation we had at the beginning of the um the the dog podcast we had with chris jobman i don't know have you got any feedback from anybody or has it just been me no no your name is all over everything so i don't i do not get contacted that often specifically about okay. the podcast i okay. mean i know you do. i've what, got what they i've got phone calls i've got emails i've got messages really? over over uh social media yeah so um that being said obviously i think we've kind of sparked a chord with people on both sides of the issue with it which i don't even honestly i don't even remember what we said about it but uh I tried so hard to not piss people off with that. It's just I tried so hard. <laughs> I th- there's just something about it, you know, that I never th- realized that it was going to be an issue where there's going to be like sides and people taking a fits one way or the other. But no joke, I so haven't I knew even. There was. I knew there was. That's why I made multiple comments because I was, I was just asking for give me reasonings, give me the pros. I don't see the pros. Tell me what they are. <laughs> um. And at the end, I, I even said, you know, I would get a 28 gauge would be my first gun to get. But I knew that I just had an idea that was going to be a hot button. Well, I've had people that have been the, the like are trying to give me like ammunition to not like ammunition, like actual shells. But I mean, like uh, ammunition to defeat you on this topic to the, <laughs> or like the opposite where people are telling me where I'm wrong. And it's so funny because um, honestly, 
I I have to go back and even listen listen to it myself to kind of remember exactly what we talked about. But that being said, we're gonna do. I'm sure you're fine with this, but um, we're gonna do a full podcast on it. So I feel like sure. I feel like I need to do some more research on it. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of interest around the sub gauge topic. Um, and everything we talked about. So I haven't even, I really haven't even gone over everything cause I've been so busy. I haven't even read like, you know, people have left like detailed messages and emails and, um, you know, I've got to some of them. Um, I was actually on the drive back from Kansas and I had like, a, you know, a guy who's done a lot of his own research and talked to, um, you know, a lot of people that would be notable. Um, and we had a, <laughs> probably about a 30 minute conversation and, and, I'm going to have to go back and look at your name. I know he's probably listening to the podcast, and I'm sorry. I don't remember your name right off the top of my head. So I'm just like on the tip of my tongue. But I talked to him about it for about uh, – it had to be about 30, 40 minutes. Um, on the phone? On the phone while I was driving back from the collab. Um, and he had a lot a lot to say too. So um, this guy knew his stuff really well. And <laughs> it was a lot to think yeah, about I while I was I driving. I don't know my stuff on it. That's why I was questioning – and I had some assumptions that I was presenting about density of pattern and, and things of that nature. Oh, but, man, he went way um, beyond that. Like, he's read books. Yeah. Oh, and... <laughs> Maybe we should have him on. I th- yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's definitely a, definitely some room to do some research and have a full full podcast on it because I don't think we can just cover it like spitballing like we oh, are oh, right oh, now. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Sorry, sorry for the interruption. Uh, my old lab Izzy, she's laying in here with me, and <laughs> she uh, she's gonna have to be put down really soon. That's a different topic. But she was laying right beside me. She gets up, walks under the table, has about three cords wrapped around her legs, and she's continuing to walk. <laughs> <laughs> so she was gonna take everything right off the table. <laughs> oh. like, I gotta take care of this right now. Man, that's funny. <laughs> That's a weird. That's a weird way of leading into it, though, by telling me that story that she's gonna have to be put down soon, and then you go, <laughs> you proceed by saying that she has cords wrapped around her legs, and she just can't hardly walk, man. I mean, she's losing her back back legs, and so she can get up, but she's starting to get scared to go down three steps to go outside. There's lots. If I see her trying to sit up, I put my foot under her butt and help her. So I mean, it's getting to that point that mm. I mean. You know, you watch her back leg and it just kind of, uh, it's, it's yeah. coming soon. It's oh man. Coming soon. It's hard to see him go like that. Yeah. 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 All right. So kind of back to decide, deciding what, what, uh, what topic we want to hit up first, but yeah, I guess let's go ahead and wrap a bow onto the, the collab, you know, discuss kind of mm-hmm. how it ended and everything. I mean, we've, we've touched on it a little bit. You know, the hunts. Um, but, you know, kind of, uh, I, I guess I'll let you take this, you know. Well, here's what I loved about it. That pros and cons versus last year to this year, or, or at least just the differences. Our first collab year, we brought all our buddies with us. And so it was dads and friends, and there was like 12 guys there. And we broke it up into groups of four. And we stayed in a place that did not have a bathroom inside of it. <laughs> and so... The decision was, is like, okay, let's trim this down to just us six 
and let's get an Airbnb, a nicer place where, and we build a little more time into the schedule so that we can actually do the podcast. And I don't know if you guys have seen it yet, but there's a YouTube channel called the Flyways Collective and the videos. So each one of us did a vlog video each different day of just not the hunts, just what was going on. And it really allows you to see, I think us coming together as a group um, of friends and, and just, just to a whole different level of like, we're really to the point now where we're friends where last year we just didn't get to talk to each other much. I mean, I got to, I picked up Titus at the airport on Friday and I, and I did about two, two and a half hours with him just hanging out and talking. Then Titus and I hunted, we did two man groups. Um, Titus and I hunted together the whole next day. So I spent all of this time just with Titus, just getting to know Titus, hanging out with Titus. And the next day, Josh and I went clear down to the bottoms, two and a half hour drive there, two and a half hour drive back. We stopped, we ate. I mean, so I spent the whole day that day with Josh. And then in the evenings, we were there as a group. We're doing podcasts. Like I said, we were hanging out. Then the next day, I got to spend the whole day with Matt. Um, didn't so much Thomas and you and I have spent so much time together and, and talked so much that um, if I wasn't going to spend time with anyone, it would be like that just because, mm-hmm. I mean, you and I have spent so much time together, but it was just awesome to get this whole group time where we're doing this fun stuff and, and people are cooking cool food and we're watching football and where that time was so fun. But then the isolated time with each person was really, really, really fun as well. And so um, we've got all these hunt videos coming out where you can see the hunts, but then I think what you really want to see is the flyaways collective channel where we're putting these vlogs yep. on. Cause I, I'm love, I, I'm liking watching those vlogs way more than I am liking the hunt, the hunts of us. You put the one out yesterday. with funny. That game. It, oh yeah. It's the nose pulling thing was hilarious. Your video yesterday with the, or tell them about what we did, uh, what that little game was. Yeah. No, we just, the, the mean comment ones. Yeah. 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 We just, we just reacted to some of the mean comments. Like we sat all on the couch we had, and everyone picked three mean comments from their YouTube over the years, and then we just read them and guessed. It, it was just, um, and like you said, honestly, the vlogs, like I've been looking forward to them coming out. Like each day when someone posts, I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta, gotta make time to watch this. It was just, just hilarious. Yeah. But um, me too. But we, yeah, it's like you said, we've had a ton of fun on the collab, um, and I'll say that even though like the bird numbers might have been down from last year's collab. Um, the content that we created besides the hunting, you know, the podcast where we've sat around the whole table and had it set up where we could have a quality podcast with six people. Um, you know, we've, we've really upped our game to be able to put out, you know, in spite of that, you know, so it's like, we keep doing this. We're going to have a year where we just smash it. We're going to have a year where we understand how to do everything, like um, getting the vlog content in, getting the podcast content in. Um, so it's only going to get better from here. So, I, you know, um, I think we learned a lot from the first year, and this year we really capitalized on it and, um, you know, had some good success as far as that stuff goes. Yeah, the hunting was way down from the first year. We shot, there was a lot more of us, so we shot like over 140 birds in three days on the first year. And then I don't know what our total numbers were, but the the bird numbers were way down. Although we had a goose hunt where we seven of us <laughs> shot our limit that was just incredible. Yeah, just 40, unbelievable. Forty two birds. Yeah, Can't uh, be done. it was no, it was fantastic. But um, just the whole trip was just a lot, a lot of fun. And I love the format. And my vote when we have a meeting about it is going to be to keep the format the same way. Where you know a person vlogging those vlog videos are great. Someone's vlogging, and then we're doing the hunt videos, the vlogging, and the podcast. It's just yeah 
really, really great. Awesome. Yeah. So I, I guess that's the best way to wrap, wrap a bow on it. Like you said, a lot of, a lot of good stuff. Um, but as far as the hunting, you know, it was slow, but I mean, we, we grinded it out and did our best and, and still, you know, still came out with, with some decent, you know, I will say that I think I feel, uh, I feel, feel sorry for Titus because I feel like this is two years in a row where he's had a little bit of a rough go of it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of blind luck. It's just where you end up on each day. And if you end up in the wrong spot every day, then, you know, what can you do? Yeah, for sure. I, and, but you know, I, the goose hunt saved everything. Cause we were, we did the first two days where um, Jordan and Josh had a good hunt the first morning, but no one else. I mean, just like one duck for a Titus of my group, one duck for the other group. And then day two, it's like everyone just getting blank. Josh and I shot three. Um, and I don't think the other two groups shot anything. And so we, by the end of day two, hunting spirits were low. We we're still having fun, but hunting spirits were low. And, yeah. you know, Josh and I both living in this area and he's got actually more contacts um, that he hunts with than I do. He's a little more extroverted than I am. Um, but we're all hitting all, everyone. We know, you know, where are some birds, you know, any, where's this, where's that. And finally at the end, um, Josh, um, talks to his buddy Levi, who's really, really cool guy. And, um, he hooks us up with this, with this goose pond hunt. And it's just, so the six of us come together to do that. And you just can't have a better goose hunt than that. I mean, waves and waves of geese coming in too. Honestly, the only complaint I had about it, it was too fast. It's like wave would come in and there'd still be people retrieving geese and seven geese would go down and they're still retrieving. Then another wave would come in and another wave would come in. And it was just like one after another, after another, after another. And the hunting morale completely shifted at that point. That one hunt was worth coming to Kansas for. Yeah. I mean, you know how many people would, how much money some people would pay just to be on that one hunt, you know? Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. uh, so that, to me, that everything else, as far as the other bad hunts, just kind of faded away with that one hunt. Because, I mean, none of these were pass shots. Every single, every single bird we shot um, was finishing. And it was, it was groups of two to, I don't know, 15, Yeah, I'm guessing, maybe 20. Oh, there's a couple solos too, right? But <laughs> yeah, there was there was a couple couple singles. That's right, right at right at the end actually. And right at the end, icing on the cake. Um, we shot two bands. <laughs> yeah, and Jordan and I actually got into a brawl, um, <laughs> over one of the bands. It was pretty funny. It was funny. Matt, what I think Matt egged us on. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he's, it was. He was Matt. a he's a little weasel trying to get in between us. Yeah, trying to trying to break us apart so you and him can now be BFFs with the little locket. I'll have to give him that half locket. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you that haven't seen the video, um, what happened was, well, and I don't know that it really wasn't documented on anyone's video what actually happened very much, a little bit on Titus's. I, think, I, I didn't even show it on my video at all. It's on Matt's video. I know it is, but his isn't coming out yet. So Okay. So we had this group come in. And there was one bird by itself right up above the blind and Jordan and I both shot at it and we both thought that we hit it. Um, and then I went, I, so we were going over to try to retrieve these birds and we we're both going that direction. And I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm sure that several people were shooting at this goose, not just me. So I'm not going to be like, I shot it, I shot it, I shot it, but I did think that I hit it. <laughs> um, but I was just resound at that point to be like, well, someone else is going to claim it and whatever. 
um, until we found out it was banded. Yeah. Then it's like, well, you know, I do think I shot that one. And uh, right from the start, Jordan's like, nope, I shot it. <laughs> it was like, it was like, no, you know, let's call a split. He's like, it's fine. I shot it. I shot it. And, and looking at the video footage, I can totally understand why. Yeah. You, you were that adamant about it because you pillowcased it. Well, yeah. And, and so you, sh- what happened was I shot it and I pillowcased it. And then you shot right after that. And mm-hmm. so I remember shooting it. And then like, I just looked away. You know, that one pillowcased it, it. I could see it flinch up in the air and I knew it was coming down. And so I looked away. So I didn't even, I had no idea that you actually even shot at it. Yeah. So that's why I was like, so adamant that like, I, th- I thought nobody else even pulled the trigger at it, but we went back and looked at the video and mm-hmm. you know, I hit it, it pillowcased. And then after, after I hit it, then you hit it too. <laughs> so yeah, you could see it. I, I don't know whose camera it was, whether it was Matt's or what, but you could actually see and it was about bam, bam. It wasn't like simultaneous shots or anything. So, um, and even before the video, you know, I wasn't, you know, when a bird goes down, sometimes it's just hard to tell when people are shooting like that. And in my heart, I never felt super confident about, about that. It was actually me for sure. And Jordan did. And that's, I was like, well, I, I bet you that it was probably <laughs> him, but it was, so it, Jordan picks me up over his shoulder, like a, like a sack of potatoes. So here's a question for you. When's, is is that the first time you've been carried since like your mother? Like, <laughs> I'm trying to. Yeah, I don't recall. Yeah, I cannot recall the last time someone picked me up and threw me over their shoulder like I was a sack of potatoes. I just I, ran I you through recall. the decoys. <laughs> and he gets down like like a sumo wrestler, runs at me. You're really strong. I was pretty impressed by how strong you were. Throws me over his because uh, Matt starts like the fight, fight, fight throws me over his shoulders and ends up on the ground. And uh, the only moment glimmer of hope that I had, I knew that I was totally defeated. So I had to go for the testicles <laughs> and I had one split second where I thought maybe I could get a good latch on. Let's just submit you, submit you with a grab and twist. <laughs> I was just glad that I was wearing a lot of layers so that there was no possibility of that actually happening. <laughs> Well, and had you not been, the chance of me actually grabbing on and squeezing with his, with his see, now, now if it had been a real fight, then, you know, you just go do it. But it was more funny just to make the attempt to do it. I don't think that I have any desire to have those in my hands. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's clear that up over the podcast. It was all, all in fun jest. Um, yeah. 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 I did for one second while I had you over my shoulder. And um, I did think about just body slamming you. Like, <laughs> well, I'm glad you didn't do that. <laughs> but you probably would have been out for the. It did cross my mind. Is all I was gonna say. Like, but no, yeah, I'm like, I, ha- I softly, know. I softly laid you down on the ground, and then proceeded by elbowing you. <laughs> yeah, right into the liver multiple times. <laughs> yeah, but my two back surgeries probably wouldn't have cared for an actual body slam. <laughs> yeah, it was honestly, it was pretty fun beating up on you. Oh. Jordan's got the band. <laughs> <laughs> and where where would I forget? Manitoba? Is that where it was? Yep, Manitoba, Canada. Yep. And Josh's was so mine was three years old and Josh's was five years old from South Dakota. So definitely cool. Cool some cool. Two bands, bands on the same pass. Two bands on the same pass. Yep. Just happened to be the same pass, which is always kind of funny. You think when you shoot them in the same pass, you're gonna be like birds from the same spot, the same age, mm-hmm. all that, but no, just just so happened that the same flock we shot two bands, and they're completely different areas. 
Yeah. And these, so these birds were shot between about eight o'clock and 10, 10 30, maybe two and a half hours. We shot 42. It, I think it was, uh, it think. was less than two hours. Yeah. Maybe it was crazy. And the thing was, we had two people that weren't shooting for most of the hunt. So, like, if we yeah, had all seven yeah. people, man, we would have limited out like in an hour, hour and a half. I would say there's times that, I mean, because I took off, I, I probably only shot on half the passes. Um, cause I was trying to film, um, I wanted to film with my, with my bigger camera and not just have the GoPro, which the GoPro got really, you haven't seen the videos. The GoPro got really good footage for a GoPro and, nice. um, the big camera. And I know Thomas didn't shoot on most of the passes. So we, <laughs> I think we, a lot of times probably were just shooting with four guys, mm -hmm. um, and not five, six or seven. And so we shot well, cause we dropped five, six, seven birds out of multiple groups. Yeah. Yep. And that was my only regret, regret, and this is like a selfish regret, but my only regret was I didn't actually film it for a hunt. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we kind of talked about the plan the night before, and it's like, hey, we got, you know, all, everybody's going on this hunt. So this one's a little unique. I knew I was vlogging that day, so I'm like, all right, I'm just going to take B-roll and kind of help out with some B-roll shots for, you know, Thomas was going to be filming for the Flyways channel to try to put a video together. And so I'm like, all right, I'm just going to take some B-roll. I'm going to get some drone shots afterwards and, you know, worry about getting the vlog update, you know, before and after and all that. So I didn't get an actual, actual hunt video from it. So it's kind of like, you know, you shoot a huge limit of geese, you shoot a band, and then it doesn't get documented on your channel. Yeah. So <laughs> you should have, you should have filmed a hunt just to have the footage. Yeah. Well, you don't I mean, know. You don't know going into it. We're like, we could have shot yeah. 12 geese and then you're just like, oh yeah, I made the right choice. <laughs> yeah. So it's a 12 goose day. It would be fine with me. Yeah, me too. The only other goose hunt I've ever had that I enjoyed more than that. And I'm sure you've seen the video where we were on the Kansas river and we had geese just like we we're in layout blinds and three of us shot our limit and the geese were basically just, I killed one goose at like 10 yards trying to land on top of me. Yep. That, that was, a, that was a more fun hunt for me because it was in, I be careful. I say this, <laughs> I like pond hunting. Okay, but I will take I will take a limit on ponds are man made. They're in a pasture, and so to me, the atmosphere of a pond is not as fun as the atmosphere of like a natural marsh or a river system or something that's just already there and and God created and not man created. So I will take a limit in the natural non man made structure versus. Yeah, the man-made structure, I guess. Yeah, and th that is definitely a unique way of looking at it, and I can see the perspective on it. For me, for me, it feels like the more you earn it is kind of like my part of my standard. Um, like a po like my example would be if I scouted it myself, found it, asked for permission, and got the hunt, and then we had a really great hunt. Like that would mean more to me than if someone mm -hmm. said, "Hey, come to this hunt," and I showed up, and we shot a limit. <laughs> right. Yeah, very true. So that's piggybacking. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, there's nothing like I love hunts like that, especially like that day. We needed to pick me up, a pick pick me up bad, and that was yeah. awesome. Um, yep. Like literally going to be one of the hunts we remember from the season. Like it's going to stand out. But if you were the guy who went on that same exact hunt, asked for permission, lined it all up, it would mean just a little bit more to you than <laughs> than sure. the guy who just shows up. So that's Absolutely. always goes into my equation for how much I enjoy a hunt. I would, I would totally agree with that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, work definitely plays into it. For, for me, a number one equation is atmosphere of the location is the number one. But 
Um, and like we've always said about public land is doing it on your own terms and you're the one all in control of it. Yeah. That's uh that's very Kansas of you because <laughs> we don't have, I don't have that luxury most of the time, but I would yeah. love to, I would love to. So I 100% agree with you on it, but I just don't. Have I to. love pond hunts. Yeah. I love pond hunts. I just wouldn't want all my hunting to be on ponds. Mm-hmm. Oh okay. yeah. I, but I, I, Kansas ponds are underrated in every single way, shape, or form. The fishing, you can get on Kansas ponds and catch five, six pounders. In fact, Corn's Pond, which we we haven't hunted this year, you can go in there and catch four or five pounders, like three or four of them, every every time you go. Um, and then in the winter, the geese and and the ducks mount up on them. Kansas ponds are, and people don't really talk about them that much when you hear about like what what's so good about about Kansas hunting, but certainly ponds um, are, are underlooked, I would say in Kansas and always. Yeah. You need to get on that on X and just load up on hunting permissions. I have done that. I've done that since that hunt. That's one thing I've got to add to my arsenal for months. Like we've had here since the end of October is pond access because what, what the birds do is they like this year, they came in, we had that, we had the mega storm in late October. And that's why I shot my first mallard limit of my my life in October um, because we had this huge storm system. But then after that, everything warmed out and you had um, 40s at night, high 50s or 60s for and just for week after week after week. So what the mallards, what the ducks do is they like Jordan saw that duck tornado on that private marsh. They come in at the night time and they eat all this moist soil vegetation and go crazy on it. And then they head out and a lot of where they go is to these ponds. And so private ponds is, is where it's at right now. And well, not right now, cause it's frozen, but during this past stretch, that's where it's at in Kansas. So that's one thing we have missing from our arsenal is, is ponds. So I've gone on on X and I found about six or seven that I've highlighted, which kind of like I, I took after you, Jordan, I picked a color, you know, <laughs> and I was like, okay, these are, I picked yellow. Yellow means you need to go out and try to get permission on this pond. And so I'm, I'm sharing those with fumbles. And so hopefully within the next year, we have a few ponds, even if I could just find one or two, you know, for these times to hit, it would be really help us. Yeah. I wish, I wish Onyx, we need to have actually have a whole podcast on that, but I wish Onyx like, and maybe it does, but would show the actual number of pins. Um, I need to show it to you after this because I have an insane amount of pins that, I, that I've got <laughs> like, uh, yeah, my goal is like, it's pretty lofty. Yeah, as far I think I'm going on a little tangent, but um, as far as permissions and off season, like I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go crazy next year because I got so many spots that I need to hit up, and there's no reason not to because you get to season and you don't have time to do it. Like you need to yeah. do it before season. Um, and my goal is to literally cover every piece of huntable property that might hold birds. <laughs> In like an hour radius, I have like, and I just spend hours on there, like pinning, like when I'm like, nice. when I'm not doing, doing much, you know, you're just chilling around, you know, um, open up the app and I'm just on there and I got, it's an insane amount of pins, but color coded, I got like, I got dark blue means, um, ask for permission. Light blue means I've been there and they didn't answer the door. Yellow is public land spots that I want to check out that I haven't. White are is spots that I hunt that I can hunt whether it's public or private. Black is places I've asked for permission and don't have. They said no. Purple's high priority. <laughs> so, yeah, um, nice. yeah. There's so much Let you can do with you, it. 
here, let me give you a suggestion with, with getting permission on these properties. Okay. So you've got this adorable little daughter. How old is she? Now? <laughs> She's three. She's three. Get her a little cute fishing pole, a little pink Barbie one or whatever <laughs> she likes. Right. You take her in the spring with her little pole. And when you go to knock on a door, you don't ask to hunt. You ask to fish. <laughs> you take her out, you go, you spend a little fish and try to catch a fish. Get a little picture of her holding it up as cute as she is. Then you send that picture to the landowner and like a little thank you, whatever, right at, and you don't say anything for a few months. Then around August rolls around, you go back and ask for hunting permission. I mm-hmm. bet you that your success rate would go with that scenario. Your success rate would greatly. And yeah. And, and, oh, I can see that helping for sure. <laughs> or at least just if you're going to ask funny, just take her with you at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's the ultimate way is with the little kid. Yeah. I used to do the dog where I'd let like chief stick his head out the window. And that honestly helped a little. I promise you. He looks scary. Talking about it looks like he'd eat somebody. Uh, I don't know. Like when when there's like a happy dog sticking their head out the window, I think people judge you. Like if you have a dog, they like think of you as a better person. Like oh, he can't be that mean. He's got a dog that likes him. It's like <laughs> got a big chocolate man eater. <laughs> Let me give Chief some props because uh, when he was around Izzy, man, he was a nuisance. He was super well behaved around Georgie. He and yeah. Georgie hung out. He was on his best. Well, she's so good looking. I don't blame him. <laughs> if I was a dog, I can see what he likes. But uh, um, he was his behavior was spot on. He's just he's just chilled out a lot. I mean, he really has. Yeah, he's hit that point. So he's his. He'll be five in February. But before we jump off this this uh, Onyx um, map pinning permission asking, I actually have a, a funny <laughs> a funny story. Um, so I was doing my usual thing. After a hunt in Michigan, on my way back, I was just, you know, looking at the pens, trying to ask for permission on the way back. And I actually stopped uh, multiple places. Almost nobody answered the door. I don't know if, like, you know, but nobody. It, it, it's, that's typical, asking for permission. Either it's no or they just ignore you. or Anyways, well, I stopped at one house and, like, super nice. And they, like, gave me permission to hunt and everything. And I'm like, yes, yes, I got permission. And then I'm going to, like, market, like, change my edit of of where it was. And they gave me permission. They don't even own it. <laughs> so I, like, stopped at the wrong house. I was so pumped. And it went from, like, so pumped to, like, so discouraged. <laughs> That's annoying. So, like, yeah, that guy's going to get in trouble. I don't even think. I think they just didn't understand. They're older. Um, like, sure, you can hunt that. It's like. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, then I stop over at the people who actually own it their neighbors and uh, they weren't home or they didn't answer the door. One of the two. So yeah. Yeah. I got to get it going. Cause I don't, <laughs> I have not put much effort into private access. So I, I got to get rolling on that. So uh, I guess let's go ahead and talk about what we got coming up as far as hunting and all that. I'm excited because we finally have ice, which is what we've needed with all this weather. Um, we need, the Dakotas to be frozen. We need Nebraska to be frozen. Now it, it still wasn't the kind of Arctic weather that I wanted. I wanted like a lockdown <laughs> snowstorm, temperatures in the single digits for a few days. That's what I was looking for. Because there are, I mean, I, I talked to my contacts even up in South Dakota, um, and they're like birds, lots of birds still north. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, it's just like, oh gosh. 
but things are starting to freeze have frozen our ponds are frozen now thank the lord and our marshes are frozen so now we've got rivers open and we've got big water lake lakes are open and so um from this side of the state i'm not hearing the greatest reports um but i've got some guys around they're going to be doing some scouting tomorrow so i'll find out but there's some places that are going to be opening back up that i'm really excited about hunting and it looks like in Kansas, you get the freeze, and you can do well on the freeze, but then when you get that thaw, that's that's the golden ticket, and you get that thaw. Best, best case scenario for December and January, you get three or four events where you get cold, freeze, thaw, and you get a few days of that, then you get cold, freeze, thaw, and if you do that over and over again, you are going to have an incredible, an incredible um, December and January because these birds start following the ice line. And so as that ice line moves north of you, man, those birds, they're coming back from the south, and it's like you've never seen before. Now, they're smart, intelligent, hard-to-fool birds, but they're birds, and there's lots of them. I have not had a really, really fantastic hunt since the first weekend of November. Um, so, in fact, October 31st was the last day that I even came close to shooting. In fact, did I shoot my limit today? I think I did. I might have been one short. Um, but it's just been rough. It's been tough. So... These next, I've got six hunts coming up between now and January 2nd, and I am really, really hopeful for those hunts that we can get into some serious, serious mallard hunts during that time. So, and I, I think we will, but it's, you know, you never know when it comes to hunting. So, mm -hmm. but I, I'm, I've been trying to get Jordan to come down for these, but <laughs> he probably jinx it anyway. So he's best just staying up there. <laughs> Yeah, so we're we're in a similar boat. We're starting to get the freeze up. We're seeing a lot more Canada geese. Um, and, you know, the last few years I've really loved, kind of found a newfound love for Canada goose hunting, um, especially these time of year. Uh, and so looking forward to that. Right now we're seeing more geese, so definitely going to be trying to get on some of those hunts. Um, and then as far as ducks, we're, we're in between our splits. Um, we get our late split coming in at the end of the month. The, the weather's looking cold. Uh, we don't have big numbers like the, the, uh, you know, the central flyway or Pacific flyway. So it really consolidates the ducks and it really, you know, if you can find the birds and get on a good hunt, um, get on a good scout, figure out where they're at, you can have some good river hunts, um, when everything freezes up. So I'm looking forward to having those opportunities. Um, you know, I know that I'm going to have a chance probably going up to Michigan too. Uh, and I think we'll get on some birds with that too. So I think it's looking up here finally at the end of the season. Um, we'll see though. You never know, but I am staying optimistic going into the end of the season. We've got a 60 degree, 60 degree day coming next Monday. Can you believe that? That's crazy. Yeah. Oh. It's actually good for us though, because that get that ice off. And then the, the next day, 60 degree day. And then the next day is the south wind. So, I mean, and 55 degree that next day with that south wind, that could be a great reverse migration day. Yeah. Our, our first day of our second split right now, we're like a week and a half out. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but it looks like our first day of that second split, like that morning, it's going to be 15 degrees. So, um, everything's going to be, everything's going to be froze by then. Yeah. So should be good. All righty. Well, I think that's a good place to go ahead and wrap up the podcast for today. Thanks to everybody for tuning in for another one. Uh, stay tuned guys. We got, we got some awesome hunts coming up. Um, some great podcasts in the works for the future too. So 
Uh, I'm Jordan, Duck and Chronicles, Elliot, Freelance Duck Hunting. We'll see you guys on the next one.